Good evening, glory, and hallelujah to you. What the heck's your story and what's going through you? This is the glorified version of a Bass Fishing Talk Show. Make no mistakes about it. We're out to have a good time tonight, Bass Galaxy. I'm your host, Pat Renwick. Give it up for yourself. It's Wednesday night. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And, and uh, you can tell we're, we're excited. We're overly excited often uh, on Straycast, but uh, especially the past few weeks and these upcoming weeks with some, some wing dingers we got worked up. And, and tonight we have the return of KVD to SCTV. That is correct. You got me KVD? Yeah, you know me. The Wizard of Winding, they call him. I just call him that. But anyway, KVD, and we're happy to have him back, and he has some things to say to you, Bass Galaxy. Uh, So uh, pretty stoked about that. Um, uh, With all that being said, lots of cool stuff uh, in store for you, the Bass Galaxy, to help uh, celebrate this situation. Uh, First off, um, the good folks... Uh, over at uh, Tin Cup Whiskey, you're throwing in a KVD pack tonight. It's a box of goodness coming right to your doorstep. It's all because of KVD. The official brown liquor of bass fishing. We're, uh, we're throwing you a bonus tonight. There you go. And get this, of course, um, what would a stray cast show be without giving away the most amazing line and lure conditioner on the planet, KVD's line and lure conditioner, on this KVD show tonight. That's right, Isaac at uh, Line and Lure is throwing in basically a wheelbarrow full of uh, a KVD line and lure. But wait, that's not all. He's also throwing in some Arma Shield. Yep, but wait, that's not all. He's also throwing in some BTS Bow to Stern boat cleaner. And get this, all you got to do is like and share the live Facebook feed. That's it. It's that easy. It's that easy. Like and share the live. Yeah. Like and share the live Facebook feed. JR Rock and Shoal Fantasy. He's on the uh, chat board there. And at the end of the show, he's going to um, he's going to uh, pick the winners. And you know what, Ginger? We didn't tell uh, Kevin yet, but let's send Kevin the, the line and lure winner at the at, Yeah. At the end of the show, because that's a that's a heck of a uh, of a of a prize pack right there, a whole truck full of <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, it's all going down tonight here. Straight cast, the glorified version of a bass and talk show. Um, speaking of glorified, you know who's a glorious producer in this bass fish and talk show game? He's the one and only red on the head, like a producer should be. It's Andrew Ellenberger. He's a ginger ninja. He said that. Pat, hey, Bass Galaxy. Gingy, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing good, Gingy. Yeah? You know what the heartbeat of uh, bassin is? The heartbeat? A heartbeat of bassin. The bass. Yeah, it's the bass. That's exactly right, Gingy. And you know uh, where it goes after that? You know what the heartbeat of Durban is after the bass? The anglers, the grassroots nice. anglers. I mean, I wasn't going to go here round and round the mulberry bush with you, but I mean, I know you know that, and... um. Talk about grassroots bassin'. Cal Sag Bass, battle for the belt. Give it up for those boys right there. South side of Chicago bass fishermen. CalSagBass.com. Congratulations to Duncan Cop Richardson. 
DKR on his victory. Uh, he brought home the battle of the belt. He brought home the belt at the Cal Sag Derby. And also uh, familiar to our hearts, Ryan Popcorn Whitaker. He was the AOI for the Cal Sag. River Division. The Big Lake Battle for the Belt that's this weekend. Check out more about calsagbass.com and your chance at winning a huge tournament coming up. More info soon on that. Uh, Andy, you're a, uh, you're a local Derber, right? I consider you a local Derber. And you fish locally when you get a chance, right? Yes. Okay. Now, last week we did a little thing about local angling, and when I'm around the house, I'm jumping around spot to spot here and there, there and there, and um, I'm beating the snot out of the impulse lithiums on purpose, like on purpose, testing them. And we did a little game last week, and you guessed the percentage left on the impulse app. <laughs> okay, remember? Yeah. Now, I'm going to give you the scenario. So this week, uh, I've been spending some time, or let's just say yesterday, I was on the river, all right? And it had the weirdest thing. It was a reverse current, one current from the east, one current from the west. And I don't understand it. I'm not a biologist or whatever you call those, but... It was because of Lake Michigan. I know that. And it was weird, Andy. The water dropped and I couldn't get the things. It was, kind of was just, pushing. Yeah, it, it was weird. It was weird. But listen to me. We're out there all day, eight hours. Get back, check the impulse. Three guys in the boat, mind you. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what do you think the uh, percentage was, Ginge? Did you spot lock all day? Didn't spot lock once. Mm, 74. Uh, higher? Higher? Yeah. 81. Dude, I was at 92% oh, well, yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if I got that fancy thing that Bill and Darlene gave me that charges the uh, <laughs> batteries as I go with the outboard or not, but, hey, I was happy, and it was kicking, kicking all day, bud, all right? Hey, uh, you know what else is kicking this time of year when the water gets colder? I'll give you three guesses, and it starts with flat side. <laughs> flat side crankbaits, 25% off omniafishing.com right now, Ginge. Right now. Hey, uh, how's our, uh, our, our correspondent doing there? Is he, is he there? Is our correspondent ready from the, uh, w- with a, uh, a tin cup whiskey update for the Bass Galaxy? Bam. Do, 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 do. Oh, Ginch. You know what? Before I get to that, I got to tell you something. Real quick. Real quick. Um, look, this cut on my hand is from WhiteRiverKnives.com. And Ginch, this knife that I'm going to show you today... Is, oh, Foley's here? Let's bring Foley in for this. He's going to love this. Here it is. It's the Whiskey Gypsy. Look at hey you. Guys. You're not uh, sipping on gin and juice. That's way too brown. I can tell. Yeah, no. You know what I'm sipping on. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I, have a, I know you're uh, sipping on a little tin cup mountain whiskey, and I happen to have a uh, extra strong black coffee in a tin cup coffee mug falls i'm i'm amped up i'm amped up bud i mean i am amped up and uh i was just telling the bass galaxy you heard of our new uh advertising partner white river knives backslash tray right (laughs) see i gotta change the you you heard of them right falls yeah you said you cut yourself yeah i did man i i cut myself on they're so sharp already but look this is the ninja's knife this is Andy's knife here, and this is an EDC. Do you know what an EDC is, Foles? Yeah. No, it's not erectile dysfunction category. It's everyday carry. This is everyday okay. carry, all right? And, okay, and, okay. And, and this is going to be the Ginger Ninja's everyday carry, and this is called the Hunter. Now, look at this, Steel. This is a, a B.A. Baracus-type knife. 
right here. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Wait. The A-Team, that was a great show. Yeah. That was a great show. And I could see B.A. Barack is carrying this as an EDC. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're all absolutely. handmade, custom knives, White River, uh, <laughs> knives.com. There it is, folks. What are you Sounds where good. Are you at? Check that out. Are you at the office? I'm in the Keys. I'm in, I'm in the Keys right now. The Florida Keys? So I am in the Florida Keys right now. Yep. It doesn't look doing, like the Florida doing, Keys. Doing, 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 here, look here, look here. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Now you're bougie. Wow. Supermodels and everything yeah, for those yeah, listening I, on the podcast. Well, the, the, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Are you yeah, on DiCaprio's nice Island? No, no. There's no bass on that island. Me and Leo, we're going to go. We're going to go with Zona somewhere. Uh, hey, Foles, for those that don't know, every week here on the Stray Cast Show. Uh, uh-oh, that's a frozen Luke Foley. Can you still hear me? Oh, he's got Key Wested. I think, yeah, oh, oh, Key Weston. There he is. Hey, Foles. It's, uh, it, yeah. Every week here, I was starting to say, as you froze up, you were like, it was a glorious pose, too. You were smashing a, a goblet. <laughs> hey, every week here on the Stray Cash Show, uh, you come on and give us a little tin cup whiskey word of the week. And uh, every time you hear that word, you take a little sippy sippy of uh, of whatever it may be. It could be a, an adult beverage. It could be tin cup mountain whiskey. It could be a cafe con leche or a nice cold Coca-Cola. Now, Foles, what's the, uh, what's the word of the day? It's not a word. It's three little letters, and you know what they are. KVD. KVD. So every time the Bass Galaxy hears uh, KVD, they take a little sippy sippy, and you're still doing call-offs. You're yeah, ba- you're, absolutely. You're backlogged, though. You have th- you have Apparently, you're backlogged. Yeah, I had to call myself off. I was out drinking on the Ball Street with my new boss last night until 2.30 in the morning, got back to the hotel at 2.50, and then I went out on the flats boat at 7 a.m. this morning, so... I, I took a little nap this afternoon. I'm not I even gonna like lie. It. I like it, Foles. You're living the good life, bassing. Yeah, and and, and brown liquoring across the across yeah. the land. That's not bad, bud. That's not bad. No, no. There's there's worse things. There's worse things. Hey, Foles. Well, <clears throat> so, we again yeah. thank you for uh, for your contribution to the Bass Galaxy, and uh, again thank you for the special uh, KVD pack tonight uh, going out to the Bass Galaxy. You're amazing. Sure, my pleasure. Yeah, my and, pleasure. And uh, here's the deal. Two like and shares, folks. Like and share the live Facebook feed, and uh, you can win the uh, KVD Line and Lure Extravaganza Pack. It's super easy. That's it. Or the t- Super you, easy. Nothing yeah, you can't it. win the Tin Cup Whiskey Prize. That's for the rest of the Bass Galaxy. No, but, no. But you're going to have your share. That, that's okay. Hey, Foles. That's thank, okay. Thank you for everything, bud, and have a great time in the Keys. All right, thanks. I'll see you guys. Have a good night. Yeah, send some pictures, okay? Oh, I will. All right, there it is. Hey, Bass Galaxy, put the power poles down. Don't go anywhere. We're coming back. KVD. Yeah, that's right, KVD. Here's to you. We'll be right back. All right, see you guys. Love you guys. Love you too, bud. There's a moment when you're faced with a challenge, and just solving the problem isn't good enough. Even if that means breaking the rules and shredding apart conventional ways of thinking. All in the name of creating something truly remarkable. With this much control at its command, we didn't stop with just one. We created two incredible trolling motors. Introducing the new PowerPole Move Brushless Trolling Motor. 
This is the mountain, and this is mountain whiskey. Unspoiled, untamed, forever wild. There's no safety net, no way down. Up here, it's just man and the mountain and his tin cup. Tin cup whiskey. Mountain whiskey. Want to know the difference between power bait and other soft plastics? Ask the fish. Berkeley scientists have thousands of flavors tested on thousands of fish. Natural, man-made, every bait that's ever hit the water. No matter the shape, size, or color, power bait is the only one that is scientifically proven. Fish bite and will not let go. Realize your boat's potential with outboard performance accessories that improve the handling, speed, and economy of your boat. Find your perfect accessory from Bob's Machine. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is the glorified version of a bass fishing talk show. I'm your host, Pat Renwick, and make no mistakes about it. This guy right here. He is part of bass fishing history. He is an icon of the sport. Legend, Kevin Van Dam. Welcome back, Kevin. Hey, Pat. How you doing, man? Good, Kevin. Look at you, dude. You look really good, Kev. Uh, I appreciate it, man. That's nice. I don't see you at all. So that's, uh, you know, I'm not the most tech savvy guy here. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, I, I don't look there good you at go. all. I got you. Okay. <laughs> But you you look amazing. You're I mean, you got you got a good look about you. For those that are gonna listen on the podcast tomorrow, Kevin is all in black, looking like a bass and outlaw. And I and I kind of like it. I like your style, Kevin. I you know, it's starting to chill down up here a little bit, you know. <laughs> I mean, we got some cold weather coming, so I got my a vest on tonight. Yeah. It's cold in my yeah. house yeah. in the basement. Yeah, he's got the I'm, I'm down in the basement. <laughs> That's a popular place in the in that in this region of the country, especially in the, in the Chicagoland area, Kevin. Basement dwellers are common, you know. Well, it just happens to be real close to the bar. <laughs> it's a good place for you tonight. And I'm happy you're here, Kevin. It's it's been a while. Since um, we've been able to talk, and um, first off, uh, congratulations on your retirement, I guess. What an amazing career. Is that what I say? I mean, that was that awkward? I don't know. Congratulations. It's great. Amazing career. No, I, I appreciate it. It's, uh, it. it's been a lot of fun. You know, 33 years of, of tournament competition, um, you know, just a for me, it's a it's a good time, but I'm not retiring. I'll promise you that you'll you'll probably see more of me. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself, but uh, it's it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot of work, but I love, um, you know, I love being an ambassador. I like, you know, I like producing content. I like television, all that, and so it's just it's the time for me to make that transition. Well, I have a whole bunch of ideas for you. Don't worry, I got ideas for you later, Kevin. So keep you busy, okay? Well, I. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to have a whole lot of spare time, but I'm always up for ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, first off, before we get going here, I want to tell you, thank you for your support, uh, of our endeavors, uh, here, uh, first with the Bass Buzz radio show out of Chicago, Hammond, Indiana, and, uh, and now with the Stray Cast show and, 
and and thank you, Kevin. Um, some of the some some of the uh, some of the endeavors you may remember, some you may not. I don't know. <laughs> You've been doing it a really long time as well, if I if my recollection is correct. Y- yes, nowhere near thirty three years, but I think Andy, cor- correct me if I'm wrong. We're almost at twelve years total between radio and internet. So it's uh, well. It seems like 30 to me. <laughs> right. Good answer. Well, I want to give you a couple uh, what we call brushes with KVD, okay, with us throughout uh, throughout uh, our history together, our relationship, Kevin. Let's call it that, okay? All right? You bet. Okay. So the first time I ever uh, ran into you and had a, a mono-e-mono was at Randy's shop. At DNR. And you may remember this, you may not, but it was a beautiful spring day. And all of a sudden, the craziest snowstorm came in and uh, it stopped Rick Clun dead in Chicago's airport, uh, O'Hare Airport. Do you remember that year? Yeah, it's, uh, man, that's, that's been a, a while ago, but yeah. The, okay. Well, I, I thought the spring show at DNR is always, you're going to have crazy weather. It's either, it's either 90 or 20 and snowing. Well, it was an epic show, and you might remember I was the guy going to Randy. I got Clun. Don't you worry. I'm driving to Chicago and getting Clun. I got him. And Zona's like, let's get out of here, Kevin. Come on. Yeah, you you probably don't remember that, but that that's how. It no, was. I it's I I do. Um, <laughs> we've only had Clun, I think, two times to to the store, so that's a big deal, you know, to be able to get the Rick Clun for the for the spring DNR show. You know, we've had a lot of great. A lot of great guests over the years, but they're only one Rick Lund, man. Uh, but I did get you as a guest for the first time uh, on the radio show out of that deal there. That was that was well, there you cool. go. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And um, the, the next time I ran into you, Kevin, uh, was at a Bass Pro Shop at Johnny's Playhouse over in Portage, Indiana. And, I remember uh, that yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we did a, the the dumbest interview maybe of my career. And I I um I was in line forever, and the first thing I said was um. Kevin, it's uh, it's it's easier to get uh, to see Santa Claus waiting in line or something <laughs> stupid like that, and you just said, "Dude," that's all you said was, "Dude." That's it. <laughs> and that's pretty much the interview. It was amazing, Kevin. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. All right, next one. This is a good one. All right, uh, Saint Clair and uh, Red Roof Inn parking lot, the famous Red Roof Inn. Remember? Yeah, at uh, Little Mac Ave, yeah. exit 236. Yes. <laughs> I know it well. <laughs> not here, a safe place to stay anymore, by no, the way. No, not anymore. No, but at the time, you were kind of king of the red roof. I'm not going to kid you, Kevin. You you rolled in. You even had your own parking cones. I'm like, you know, I, I think that we stayed there at that same hotel when I was in the Federation tournaments, like when I was... 17, 18 years old. So that tells you how long that red roof has been there. It's, it's been there for, it's been there for a while, but, uh, you just kept yelling at me. Hey, Mustaine, Mustaine. After you, you know, like from Megadeth or something, I guess that's what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you were, what you were doing there. But then, uh, the last time I, I ran into you, um, Kevin was, uh, at Aaron's induction for the hall of fame. And I got to tell you, you were KVD in rare form. You were awesome. When you were drumming up the money for the uh, auction, for the, for the HOF, you were on, dude. Like, you were like the Don Rickles of Bassin that night, if anybody knows what that is. 
Well, you know, I've only been, I've been to a lot of those Bass Fishing Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, but I've only been on the board for a couple of years on the other side, actually kind of working behind the scenes and, and seeing what, what goes on. And um, you can attest, I mean, the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame is, I mean, it's legit space. Amazing. Um, Amazing. The museum's awesome. Um, it's, it's a really, uh, it's an honor to be a part of it. It's an honor to be in it and, uh, and it's expanding again. So we had a, I, we did it again this year. The one thing that we did a lot different this year is we actually hired a real professional auctioneer uh-huh. for the first time because <laughs> okay. maybe I, and I've been, we did it last year. Oh and, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's, it's, uh, we're, yeah, we're not that good, but, but you were, you didn't realize it, but I loved it. You and D well, height just going at it after a few uh, uh, adult beverages. You know what I'm saying? You guys were yeah, amazing. But, well, this year, so Ike got inducted. You know, yes, the we had him last year. week. It was awesome. Yeah, and uh, he uh, he he's never been to one or anything like that. I talked to him actually. I seen him this past weekend at the Toyota Owners event oh, as yeah, well. Yeah. And uh, man, he was just. It is a. It's an incredible event. Um, you know, it's a first class ceremony the hall of fame is awesome the banquet is killer and you know ike was even shocked i i didn't think i don't think he realized just what it was i you don't see him speechless very often and it it actually made him speechless so and what what year were you inducted was it like 17 18 kevin uh 20 2018 i believe and the reason i know that is because they gave me this year they finally got our induction year class coins done uh for all the classes and uh so i've got so i actually have have them now 2018 awesome excellent man and that's and we talked about it with mike um last week on the show you basically have achieved the quadfecta of proper bassin and and i'll lay it out for you first off you've won a blue trophy many of them um you have achieved angler of the year status seven times i believe and and also, uh, you won a Bassmaster Classic, four of those, not actually all you, and then finally Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. That's the four, in our opinion, the four most important achievements in bass fishing. And congratulations on that. Yeah, uh, it's uh, you know I've never done it for any of the trophies or the accolades or anything like that. I've just I've always just I love the love the competition, love the sport, love the people. You know that's. To me, that's what really makes it special um, is is the people that are that are around it. Just a lot of lot of really good people. But uh, the that's going to be the hard part that I'm going to miss from the tournaments is the guys you see every you know every day. My roommates, you know, I mean, and and people. But I'm still you know I'll still be going to the shows and and you know I cast and things. So you know we'll get together. So when we when we do, it'll be epic. If you know what I mean, <laughs> oh, I do. We can tell uh, if if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, I mean, I can. I mean, I can tell. <laughs> uh, let's talk bass fishing in life, Kevin Van Dam. You want to do that? I- I'm good, man. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So I want to go back uh, to 1987. Uh, a young little Kevy VD, right? Now, way back yep. in in 1987, you remember your first BASS Durban 87? I do exactly very much so. It was a, a big lesson I learned in that one. <laughs> well, I was we probed Ronnie Moore 
just so you know, we probed Ronnie Moore and we probed him hard for some amazing information about you. And, and we found that in that first tournament in the BASS records, you came in 110th place, Kev. Yeah. Yeah. Your first derp ever out of the gates, high hopes, KVD, 110th. And then just knocked flat on your, on your dupa, as they say in Poland. And how, how are you feeling after that? What's the lesson learned? Well, let me tell you the story because it'll all make sense to you after you you hear this. So okay, good. The first day of that tournament, that's my first Bassmaster tournament. It's Thousand Islands, New York, St. Lawrence River. Um, I hadn't fished there, but I I did, you know, I did go there and, and practice. Um, it's smallmouth water. I felt like it'd be a good place to to get my feet wet. See see how good these guys really were. First day <laughs> nice. of the tournament. First day of the tournament, I drew out with Ron Shear, which Ron yes. Shear at the time was a really big time name. Yes, pro. of course. And he basically, he did a great job of, of intimidating me and talking me out of wanting to, back then it was invitational. So it's pro on pro, right? Yep. And, you know, you flip for the boat or use of the boat at a time. And he's like, man, uh, you know, how are you doing? And I said, well, I said, I'm, I'm actually catching them pretty good. I've got a, a flat that's covered up with smallmouth. I'm catching them on a lipless crankbait. And I said, I'm catching, you know, 12 to 14 pounds pretty easy you every that. day of that. And he looked at me and said, well, shoot, that ain't going to do nothing here, man. You got to do a lot better. He said, I got a place <laughs> where we can catch a four pounder every cast if we can get there. Wow. And uh, I said, oh, okay. Well, I said, that's, that sounds pretty good to me, you know, uh, so I let him take his boat and we started to make a really long run, but back then the weather forecasting wasn't like it was today. And we were in a 364 Ranger with a 150 <laughs> in 1987, you know, we yeah. didn't have near the boats we have today. And, uh, we started to make that run out there in the big lake and it got big, big, big. And, oh, uh, we tore the trolling motor off. Oh. We tore the jet finder off. He was trying to run to the power plant you know, to the, to the West of Henderson Bay down there, you know, another 25, 30. I mean, it's a really long run. Sure. Well, it was way too rough to even think about doing that. We didn't, we barely made it to Chimot Bay pulled in there and all we could do was drift around for the day. Cause we had no trolling motor, no electronics. He ripped them all off, tore up. I mean, <laughs> when I got back at the end of the Brutal. day, which each of us caught one bass, one little two pounder. Uh, and, and that's all we caught, uh, Man, I about wanted to kiss the ground. It was the <laughs> roughest water I'd ever Scary. been in. Wow. And after that, the, you know, the next two days, I went to my fish, just a little short run away from Clayton in a protected bay, caught my, you know, 13 pounds a day, a smallmouth. And Ken Cook ended up winning that event with under, you know, 40, 42 pounds or 43 pounds or something like that. I Kenny mean, Cook. I, I was on pace to have of the winning fish for that week because it's so windy. And yet never, you know, I didn't get, I got taken out of it early on by that. So that was the lesson that I learned is don't ever let anybody talk you out of, you know, what, you know, you've got going for sure. I've, I've heard every, over the years, you know, in the invitationals, I've heard every story there is and seen it all from a lot of people. So, you know, you get, you got to go with what you know. And, and, you know, it taught me a lot right there. And it was a good lesson. You know, one that if I'd have went and won the first BASS tournament I ever fished, she said, probably things might not have turned out the same. You know, <laughs> it's, it's real easy to, 
but it was a you know great lesson that served me well going forward. Sounds like it, and um, and thank you for clarifying, by the way, because I figured something was up. Because because dig this, you come back in '88, right, and you went to Bull Shoals. And, yeah. you know, here's a Michigan guy, cruises over to Bull Shoals, and you, you, you cash your first check right away. 19th, you finish in 88. You bring home 1300 bucks. What'd you spend the 1300 bucks on? Bass fishing? Re- yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, But get this. Here's, this is pretty cool, Kevin, and you may or may not know this, but, like, this is the dawning of what we bass fishing fans call confident Kevin. You're always confident and you, you, it's something that you carry. Uh, it's a, whether it's an intimidating factor, whether it's a hundred percent, uh, you all the time, it works and you are confident. Now get this 88 to 92. All right. Um, 28 tournaments between 88 and 92 for BASS you fished. You know how many times you did not cash a check? In those twenty-eight tournaments between eighty-eight and ninety-two, uh, man, I don't know. Um, Slow, probably once or twice. I know when I started twice. full time, I did twenty-three in a row. Yeah, dude, dude, it was it was so. This was twenty-eight tournaments that we counted uh, between eighty-eight and ninety-two, and you've only missed a check twice out of all those, and you won one of them. You you won in in Georgia. And the one yeah. where you missed the check, I think, was Georgia too. Ironically, I don't know. Yeah, I you know those first few years, um, you know, I just I fished a couple events. I really wanted to see just just how good Larry Nixon and Danny Brower and Ricky Klon and you know Roland and Jimmy. I mean, all those guys were fishing then at Guido, and um, you know, and it it was a, a big learning experience, but. What it was nineteen the ninety ninety one season is when I started full time to fish all the invitationals, and then you know I I fished all those six and won the points and rookie of the year qualified for the classic and then qualified for the BP top one hundreds too that following year and that's when I won in Georgia and uh, uh, was angler of the year you know really my first full season out there and uh, thirty three years later <laughs> you know, so I don't count those early years as because I didn't fish full-time professional. I, I really count only from 1990 to, to current day, you know, as being a full-time pro. Okay. Because before that, you know, I was working at, at DNR at my brother's store and just, you know, fished a couple of invitationals and fishing the Federation, fishing, you know, red mans. And remember that the old red man. Oh yeah. Trail oh yeah. Of day. course. Yeah. I still have a so cool red it's man. Funny patch. That, you know, Ronnie Moore is talking about that, but he wasn't even born then. He you don't know, he know don't, Red Man. He ain't never even chewed no Red Man, Kevin. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I still have a Red Man patch, man. Red Man tournament trail patch. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's funny. I I saw I saw one of those original Red Man tournament trail hats recently, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty a pretty epic deal just to see one still out there. Yeah, man, and and um, you, you know who I saw it on, by the way. No, tell me, Fat Cat Newton. Oh, of course, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Yeah, he's gonna have one. Uh, he won every tournament in that uh, Red Man division, I think. Oh, actually, he, he knew. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, man, look back. I mean, it's crazy. Are those are those early years though? Are those are those what you call happy thoughts, Kevin? Are they happy thoughts? Yeah, you know, I I learned so much. Uh, I made so many great friends. 
early uh, in my career. You know, I mean, starting back then, you know, that was the age of the original Nitro Pro Team when, you know, it was the first team in fishing where everybody had the same look and uniform. Yep. You know, all those white Nitros and, and the vest. I still have. I mean, <laughs> I have those original. So the vest was the, the next upgrade from the original bass fishing tournament jumpsuit. You know, Basil nice. Bacon. Yes. Still, he, he showed up at the Hall of Fame a few years back with with one of those jumpsuits. And you'll see him in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. But, I mean, I had that original vest then. And then after that, it was patches sewn on a shirt. And then we, we really stepped it up when we went to embroidery on yes. a, a button-up, like, you know, Columbia style. I mean, I, I have a jersey from every single year um, of my career. My wife has really? been really good about, you know, keeping up with a lot of that stuff. But. Uh, back in those days, it was, you know, it was Rick Klon and uh, Larry Nixon and Tommy Martin were two great friends of mine uh, that helped me a lot. Denny Brower be- uh, became a really good friend. You know, his wife, Shirley and Sherry were really close. Sure. Um, you know, that's where all those relationships started. You spent so much time on the road uh, that these the guys are your friends. And it was different than uh, I think everybody was even closer together, tighter knit than they are today. Um just because of the way, you know, it was, you just, you stayed in the same groups of, of cabins at Lake Gunnersville, you know, or, or the places that we went, we all kind of stayed at the same motels and things like that. So it, it was, uh, I, mean, I have a lot of great memories like about a it. Band but, of gypsies, like a bunch yeah, of bass and gypsies. Well, yeah. Or you can travel in circus, man. <laughs> it really was, man. And, um, did they accept you right away? I mean, I, I no. know. No, they, no, 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 They did. Uh, so, you know, the guys that, I mean, that were, that I was close to, but a lot of the guys from the South really resented me, um, you know, coming in. And really? Was, I, I was pretty, um, um, maybe a little, uh, very confident, you know? Yeah. Confident but Kevin. To them, to them, they probably thought I was arrogant or cocky, but you know, I just, I didn't know any better. I was just really confident. And, uh, you know, nobody told me I wasn't supposed to go out and start winning right out of the gate. That's, you know, <laughs> I didn't show up to lose, right? <laughs> they, so, um, so yeah, so I, I definitely got some resentment. But once, you know, when you start to get to, to know people and we spend a little time around it, then, you know, that, that changed, changed fairly quickly anyways. Yeah, you kind of had that... Uh... That confidence, that that BDE, right out of the right out of the gate. You know what BDE is, Kevin? Uh, I don't know. It's bass dictated energy, and every <laughs> everything that you ever did out of the gate was bass dictated energy. I mean, and that's where the confidence comes from. You were there, as you said already. Hey, I was there to win. <laughs> what do you want from me? You know, it's that simple. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, it's that simple. But you know what? I don't think everybody has that attitude, Kevin. I don't think everybody in Bassin has had that. If you don't believe it in your own mind, if you don't believe you're going to win, you're you're already you're already done. You know, you have to truly believe in yourself. And I had a lot of people growing up tell me man, what are you trying to do? You know, a career in bass fishing, you want to be a bass pro? What is that? You know, (laughs) you can't make any living at that. How You can't be successful at that. And, uh, you know, my advice to the, 
lot of these younger kids that are coming up is, I mean, if you put the work in and you believe in yourself and you, you truly believe in yourself, you can accomplish anything, anything you want. And that's, that goes for anything in life, but it definitely was that for in bass fishing for me is, you know, I, yeah, I, I think I, in a lot of ways, changed the sport just from my approach and style and, uh, and the way that I worked at it. Uh, it, it made people have to work harder, you know, have to do things differently. And it, it's constantly been that, uh, my whole career, you know, I mean, the evolution of a Bass Pro is so much different today than when I started for sure. Uh, there's a lot more that are true. I mean, true professionals. So when I asked you if you, they accepted you right away, you adamantly said, no, was that because of you were intimidating is it was because you were from the north is it you yeah, no it, it was the north it was definitely i i can't tell you how many times they call me a yankee you know behind my back or whatever so yeah it was <laughs> i mean the that rivalry is was was alive and well for sure but you kevin know? you had a cool vest and a big tall hat you, you weren't a full yank. It, I mean, you, I, I had the, I was back then that those were when the original trucker hats were yes, cool. You were, I mean, you, that meant you're a tall uh, dude as it is. And that hat made you about seven, three when you were, uh, yeah. had, had that deal going. The, the foam top Bass Pro Shop tracker <laughs> boats hat. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. But I mean, that's what it was, huh? It's like, okay, here's a guy from the North. That's good. Wait a minute. What's going on here? This is our sport. This is a southern it, sport. Is that was that what was happening? Yeah, it it was. You know, I mean, there was hardly anybody uh, that had had much success from anywhere in the northern tier in the sport of bass fishing at that time. You know, I mean, Joe Thomas won the you know the Red Man All American, mm-hmm. and you know he, he was an Ohio guy, but uh, you know from Michigan, where I was from at. There was only one or two pros that had even ever. I think Al Linder won one or two. And that yes. was, I mean, back then in the day. And that was it. And then here, and then yeah. it was you, and then Iconelli came along. Yeah. Well, I, I actually drew Iconelli in uh, his first event, you know, as yeah. an invitational. And, and he told me, he said, man, you're, you're one of the reasons that, that I'm even out here because I saw that, hey, you're from the North. You're from, you know, you, 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 you made it happen. You did this. So, I mean, there's a guy right there that started from the very beginning just with nothing more than passion, right? In that's the Iconelli way, you know. Yeah. That's that's his, that's his whole story. Is he didn't have the equipment, didn't have the money, just not not like um, like any of us did, you know. I mean, I started my first year uh, with my life savings just to be able to fund a season on the circuit sure. all, you know, I've worked every year and all summer long and my dad's construction business to come up with enough money. So I didn't have to sleep in my truck and knew that I could, could practice, you know, nobody, nobody, uh, paid, paid my way or, or did, you know, I didn't have no free lunch or anything like that. So it was all on me and on my dime. And, you know, you, you take it pretty dang seriously when you're writing, writing checks that you don't have a lot of <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly and that's crazy that ike um drew you on his, his first event you guys shared a boat then and then you shared a community hall again uh further down in your career didn't you the old community oh, we 
<laughs> we've been uh, we've been around each other for a long time. You know, it's it's interesting because he's one of the few guys that fishes similarly to my style. Or he it it's very funny how he he changed over his career. Um, originally, when Mike came in, he was very much like me, uh, power fisherman, fish fast, cover water, super efficient in the boat, no no wasted casts, no time, you know, things like that. And later in his career, he become he became uh, much more versatile and a lot more very uh, much a finesse fisherman too. Yeah, you know, yeah. still fish fast, but you know, was not scared to throw a Tokyo rig or a Nico rig or a drop shot or a Cinco or um, you know finesse bait and, and fish slow too. You know, and I learned that to some degree, but I just not to the level that um, you know some guys do this to this day for sure. Yeah. And we've seen you win with, uh, spin pulls, but it always seems kind of awkward for you, Kev, even though, I mean, you're just more, Oh, not- I'm, I'm the most comfortable. You, you give me a crankbait or spinnerbait, jerkbait, you know, uh, you know, fish fast. Let me, let me make, make them react. You know, that's, that's my, that's style. the Kevin that's we love. Mo. Yeah. That's the Kevin we love. Now, now get this for all those that doubted you 33 years ago, when, when you came in, get these stats. This was the final probing that we did with Ronnie Moore here. Now, Kevin, in your now this is this is your BASS career. Now, now uh, overall, you're, you're you're seven million plus dollars uh, out of all tours events over your career. Seven million plus. It's over seven. It could be eight. It could be twenty. I don't know. All right, but it's a lot, Kevin. It's a lot, and. Uh, you know, everybody likes to count Bass Pro's money. You know that, right? Professional bass anglers, all us fans, we like to count it. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Hey. Okay. All right. I'm making sure you're with Please me. I didn't okay. Now listen to this. Now listen to this. In BASS, you have won six million four hundred and forty-seven thousand four hundred and seventy-six bucks. It's a lot of money, Kevin. Now, this is what's pretty cool. In your BASS career, you've caught 11,857 pounds of bass, bud. 11,000. Imagine that in the nitro. 11,857 <laughs> pounds of bass. Now, our, our producer here, the Ginger Ninja, he's, uh, he's got some calculations that he did. He's a brainiac, and he figured this out. Now, per pound... Tell him, Ginge. Tell him what he's working with. Here. All right, Kevin. I got two stats for you. I got per pound and per derp. Per pound. So per pound. Now this is the highest we've each by far. Each bass that you have caught is worth this much money yeah, so per pound. Kevin. Per pound of bass you've caught is five hundred and forty-three dollars and seventy-seven cents. Oh my goodness! Five hundred and forty-three bucks a pound. Every bass you have caught in your BASS career. That's insane, dude. Insane. Well, it, it's a good thing that. Um, you can't go out and sell them for that because we wouldn't be practicing <laughs> catching the anymore. Uh, wow, that's an interesting take. Five hundred and forty-three bucks, dude. That's what else you got, Ginch? So per derb, so every derb that you fished, you on an average caught or cashed twenty thousand five hundred and thirty-three dollars <laughs> and thirty-six cents. Every tournament, no. get, give it up for that. Those are the best stats ever on the straight cash show for a professional anchor. Twenty k a derb, you average. What? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's not too bad. And as before, <laughs> entry fees were so expensive too, man. Right. <laughs> but I mean, wow! I mean, over thirty-three years, 
20000 bucks a tournament. Kevin, come on, dude. That's crazy hey. talk. I, I don't know why I retired from tournaments then, man. I that's know. I I, that. I says, getting sillier as we go. It's, that's what I'm telling you. I mean, uh, it's it, so just we'll, we'll get over. We'll get over this. But I want to talk more about this confidence thing. All right. Like, have you were you confident as a kid? Like, were you always confident? I, I don't think so. You know, I mean, just <laughs> I, I don't know. I played baseball when I was growing up and uh, okay. I was pretty was pretty good at that, too. I wasn't uh, I didn't excel like I like I ended up in fishing, I guess. So thankfully, I didn't focus on my baseball career instead of my fishing career. But what'd you play in baseball? What was your yeah? You, uh, man, I played a lot, but a lot of a lot of shortstop. Oh wow! Pitcher. Okay. I pitched shortstop. I ended up playing basically everything but catcher and first base for the most part. Interesting. <laughs> okay. So, Kevin the baller. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I like baseball a lot, but uh, I had it out with my sophomore. Uh, high school baseball coach over fishing, spending too much time fishing and quit baseball yeah. my sophomore year. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, I, the, so the, the confidence, um, I mean, you had enough yeah, confidence. It runs quit. in our family. My, I think it's my, my mom. You know, she's a very strong-minded person to begin with. And, uh, you know, I look across our family and we're all very competitive too. Okay. Like it doesn't matter if we're playing cards or, um, you know, lawn darts or whatever, whatever <laughs> it is. Lawn darts, jarts. That's awesome. <laughs> you know how you dangerous know, jarts is, anything Kevin? Anything we do as a, as a family, it's uh, my sisters, my brother. Yeah, we're, we're very competitive. <laughs> and it's, it's how, so Put it this way: to What was your first? Your first BMC victory was what? Two thousand one, right? Yep. Two thousand one. Yep. Yeah. Is was were you beaming with confidence prior to that event? Had Kevin Van Dam reached the confident level there? Like as opposed no, to let's say. So the, go ahead. It you know that was a it, it, the classic was a tough one for me to win my first one. I think you know. Um, God, I think that was my 11th or something at the time before I won one. And the late Tim Tucker was always, and he, he's the guy that um, basically termed me the KVD too. I mean, if he's the original <laughs> best matter, master senior writer. Yeah. Yeah. And Tim Tucker. he's like, Oh, you know, every, I'd hear it every year. So oh, Kevin Van might be the best angler to never win the classic. Right. Oh Lord. And I heard that time and time again. And um, gosh, not that I didn't give it my all every single year. Because you do, and as a competitor, I, I never really let that bother me, or never. But you, you can't help but not think about it at times. And um, going in that year, I had no idea or no, you know, premonition that I was on the right kind of fish to to win. Um, you know, it, it really didn't even hit me until after the second day that I'd have a chance to win. And throughout my whole career, too, you know, I mean, you there's a lot of things the media say or, or fans will say, and especially nowadays with social media, um, you just, you know, it's like, shoot, later in my BASS career, I think it was like to, gosh, after I'd won a couple of classics back to back and 
four straight angler of the years, you know, in 2010, 11, 12, you know, that time yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't win a tournament for four or five years. That's and it's like, shoot, is KVD done? Is it? And I, in my mind, I was still competing at the high level and making the right decisions and just, just things didn't come together. And then, gosh, you know, um, uh, I racked off a, a, a handful, a slew of wins there kind of in a short time period yeah, again over, did. over the next few years. And, you know, kind of silence some of that, that talk, but I mean, the, the, <laughs> it's, that's the fun thing as sports fans that people like to do is, um, I, I always laughed about you the stifled the talk, didn't you, Kevin? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I always laughed about the, like the, the, who's the greatest angler of all time debate, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to get in, involved in, in that, but, um, you know, it, it's the same in baseball. Who's the best ball, baseball player of all times, you know, and, in every era, Satchel Page. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in every era, there's a different guy, whether it's the NFL or or whatever, you know, whatever it is. But I just, in the 33 years that I did it, I tried to do it um, at a at a at a very high level and do it with integrity and and respect the guys that I competed against, and that's the, was the most important thing to me. Nice. The. Uh... And I like that you kept that in that integrity about you too throughout the career. But let me let me ask you this. That's hard know. to find these days, isn't it? <laughs> hey, for bass fishing fans, one of the coolest classics or two of the coolest classics to watch were your victories on on Lay Lake, and then your second victory in uh, Narlands, and uh, the uh, what's that, Ginge? Oh, sorry. Okay. So in your second victory, so they're both winding tournaments and they were super exciting to watch. Now, the first one was the, uh, the red eye shad tournament, the red eye shad and the, what was the other bait? It was like a, a balsa. It was the strike King custom shop bait, right? That was the lay yeah, lake. Baits? Yeah. I, I, it's pretty much a red eye shad, you know, I caught almost everything on, on that in that tournament. And, and then, um, this caught him on a spinner bait to start the one at in uh, New Orleans, and then you know finished out with a square bill. And because they know, were I mean, nipping the spinner bait, right? They bills. were they were bumping the spinner bait, so you went to the crank bait with the treble hooks. You know your memory is still pretty dang good. Thanks, man. Yeah, it comes. I'm like it's. I got Rain Man stuff, but it it just happens. It happens to me. Now they were both fun to watch. They were fun to watch, Kevin. Which one was your favorite fishing? event which one of those victories 10 or 11 um i think the last one and and it was because you know going into the last day i had you know a, a little bit of a lead but it was so unique because i was fishing around the guys that were right next you know that were close to me so aaron martins was was right there yep uh, scott Rook was right there you know, all the guys that were in contention were around me and I saw what was going down. And I mean, man, it didn't take me long that day before I had 25 plus pounds in the box. And, <laughs> and I knew that somebody would have to catch, you know, 35 or more to, to, to beat me. And, and, you know, it, it, there's no score tracker. There's no, you know, bass track. There's no anything in, at this point. So your family has no idea uh, <laughs> what you've got. Um, you know, my wife's just sitting back there at the hotel or, at, you know, at the at the Superdome getting ready for the weigh in, just wondering, you know, nervous as heck, you know, is it going to fall apart or 
whatever. So in my mind, knowing that uh, after what I've seen out there, because you don't know what other people's got, you know, we're not weighing them or anything like that. But I, I knew what the other guys had. I kind of felt in my head uh, that before I went into that weigh-in, I, I knew that I had the winning fish in the box, right? Awesome. So having that in my back pocket and being able to come in and see my family in the stands and watch their reaction with my kids, they're, you know, they're pretty young um, still then as, as well, but they're old enough to where they understood what was going on. It that, you know, because your family sacrifices a ton sure. uh, while you're on the road. So being able to witness that and, and be able to do that for them and not, not just my wife and kids, but I mean, my whole family, my mom, my dad, uh, brothers and sisters, and a lot of close friends and stuff, you know, were, were there for that. So to see that group and to see, to be able to bring that home for them, um, that that's still one of the most memorable experiences I've had in, in bass fishing. That's, that's awesome. And, and, and I mean, just the, the total com- combo platter, everything came together and beautiful, for the fans to watch as well. Who doesn't like to crank a bunch of stumps? You know what I mean? That's that's bass in KVD. And catch big ones. Yeah, and catch big ones. <laughs> and manhandle them. You were just bear pawing them, bro. Bear pawing them. It was it was a it was a, a pretty special. But but it, listen, every every tournament I've ever won has been. I mean, the Pittsburgh Classic, which is the lowest winning weight and any classic <laughs> in history yes. of the Bassmaster classic. Sad. That was probably one of the most intense and, and one of the coolest for the fans I've had just literally hundreds and hundreds of fans over the years. Tell me just because it was so tight and it drove us knew. bonkers. It literally did drive us bonkers, Kevin. It's like catching, catching, you know, you know, under one pound. I mean, yeah. I, I weighed in a limit that weighed under five pounds, you know, during that event right there. So, I mean, uh, it was 12 pounds and something for three days. I to, I, I felt watching just the pressure, you know, yeah, that that event was intense. It was like I, I felt the ten, intensity of like watching the Chicago Bears fail every week. It's like that that anxiety was with me in that event. It's a bad year to be a Bears fan, isn't it? <laughs> it's always Kevin. It's always a bad year to be a Bears fan. No, you've you've had some good years. Eighty six, so yay! Fan. You know I'm a Lions fan. Yeah, I know. Huge Lions I fan. I know. I know. I know. And you know, I last week was was brutal. It was a big reality check for for us Lions fans for sure. But I mean, we got a good team this year. There's no doubt. But man, I've just I've lived it a long time. But I'm I'm still optimistic. Yeah, I even see you trying to persuade Zona over to the lion side. Oh, listen, he just every when whatever the Bears play, whatever day it is, on um, he is you you don't want to be around him. You don't he he is disgusted. Uh, he's the most passionate Bears fan. Oh, yeah, that I've ever seen. It's tough, and boy, he just he right now he's hating life. Yeah, it's, it's there's years of therapy involved all over the region here in the Chicagoland area. Because of the monsters of the midway, just so you know. But enough about that, Kevin. Let's get back to yep. bass fishing in life. I want to get deep. Let's get deep right now, okay? And I want to tell you a quote that you said. And I believe it was the 2000, your 2016 victory, one of the gazillion of them that year on Toledo Bend, I believe. And do you remember what you said 
during that event. I believe it was on stage or maybe it was right before you weighed in and you had a very prophetic quote. Gosh, you got me on that. That the, the most memorable thing about that tournament, to be honest with you, that is the one that, um, you know, I think I, I turned it around after not winning for four or five years, um, to, you know, to win that event. But the thing that I remember the most is getting a Mustad yeah. thing, three aught treble hook and a 10 XD in my hand. That's why you're a badass. And having to get my ca- uh, camera guy to come and do the braided line trick to jerk it out on camera. Yeah, it was amazing. We posted that clip on the straight cast Facebook page, I think yesterday. And I mean, it shows, I don't know how you didn't swear on camera. First of all, for, I mean, you said, Oh freak or something or golly bum. I don't even know what you said, Kevin, but it was, it was properly, <laughs> but, and, and then you ripped the, the two R treble out with the braid trick gracefully, and then just continued to smash bigs. Put the, put the same hook back on yeah. the crankbait. KVD <laughs> bleeding mustad with the KVD meat scent. That's what you said. It was working. <laughs> so anyways, not to sidetrack you, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to see my quote, what my quote was. Here's too. what you said. I want you to see if you remember this. And, and you said, the older you get in bass fishing, the harder it is to keep an open mind. The older you get in bass fishing, the harder it is to keep an open mind. Do you remember saying that, Kevin? Yeah, I fight it all the time. You know, what I mean? <laughs> the 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 more that you visit these same lakes, you know, you, the past always you think about it. Like Gunnersville is one that it really hit me this year on the Bass Pro Tour event that we had there. I mean, I've, I've fished at Gunnersville a lot of times over my career, a lot of times, and had a lot of success there. And you just have all these memories and all this history. And you got to be able, just like in, you got to fish the current conditions, and you got to fish, you know, in that moment to be successful. And I got caught up in that again, and I know better. And yet you still, sometimes you can't keep yourself from doing it. So happens to everybody, don't it? Whether you're a pro angler. It's a humbling sport. So let me, let me just tell you, I'll give you another big prophetic quote right here. Okay. In bass fishing. Yeah. As a tournament angler, you are going to lose a lot more than you're ever going to win. So you better get used to it and be able to handle it. Facts. Facts. (laughs) <laughs> that was a prophetic quote from KVD, no doubt about it. But and you've always been one though that seems to, I don't know, embrace change or embrace technology. Now, 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 true or false? Here's an observation that I have made as a bass fishing fan. Okay, there's uh, there's three things, in my opinion, as a bass fishing fan, that has separated you and put you above other anglers okay here's the three in my opinion kevin the first off is the grasping the technology of mapping you were one of the first guys to really embrace it to its full uh in and really study maps and put them into play in conjunction with side imaging all right yep there's two third thing 
is your ability to make more casts, better casts, and more efficient casts than the other anglers on the tour. I think those three things, and again, my opinion, I'm just a bass fishing talk show host, but I think those separated you from the pack. Oh, and the confidence, let's call it four. Yeah, no, there, there's no doubt that uh, mapping, uh, I was a, a map junkie from the early days. I would always buy the best paper maps that you could get. You know, when you go to the Tennessee River, that means you had to get those, you know, uh, Corps of Engineer TVA chart maps, you know, and they're expensive to get them to cover the whole Lake Gunnersville. I still have them all in my file upstairs. So, <laughs> but when, when Lake Master started mapping these places, especially the Tennessee River, that's when it all, you know, that really came together for me. And side imaging too. Yeah. It just, instead of graphing around and, and seeing, you know, a small, you know, five foot cone underneath the boat, being able to see, you know, 75 feet to the left and to the right just made that search so much more efficient for that summertime period, especially. And, you know, I, I use, use that to my advantage a bunch of times. You on exploited it. You exploited Lake, it. You know, up and down the Tennessee River and even up north, wherever. It, it didn't really matter. But I've always had the the mentality of efficiency, making quality casts, boat control, uh, angle, keeping your bait in the strike zone for the, you know, fishing parallel instead of casting to the bank, you know, whatever whatever you have to do to keep that bait in the strike zone and in the water more, uh, that's just, you know, mathematics right there working for you. Yeah, but why was nobody else figuring that out? Especially the casting thing. I mean, the, it's it just seems you were the first rapid-fire guy. You fine-tuned the equipment. You found the equipment that worked for you, perfectly for you, and you used it to your advantage, whether it was your crankbait rod, your spinnerbait rod, your jerkbait rod, your jig rod, whatever. Every single one of them, you fine-tuned them to make the most casts you could. And that henceforth, put more fish in the boat. Put your bait in front of more fish. Yeah. Well, again, it goes back to that's what I, it's what gave me confidence. It's, it helped, you know, would help build that confidence when you, you know, if you get in positive reinforcement every now and then when you're going down the bank rapid firing like that and all of a sudden you know the the lay down that you just banged the spinnerbait off of you got a bite on you know i mean it's, yeah we want to duplicate that you know, <laughs> i want to do that again and again and again so instead of wasting all that time fishing slow in between you know you speed up and just hit the key targets and that's what it's all about on a on a you know big body of water that you can run a pattern on uh, that's how you're going to be, especially multi-day events. You know, a one-day tournament, anybody can, you know, have a great day and uh, and and do it. But when you're talking four-day events, it takes, you know, the longer they are, the less luck is involved and the less good fortune. I never use, never like the word luck at all. It, 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 don't it, don't it, believe in luck. I, I hear you. Well, it's where, uh, it's where, uh, preparation meets, uh, Velcro shoes or something. Yeah. Well, Hey, the, the harder I work, the luckier I got. No <laughs> That's doubt. right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, Kevin. Ain't no doubt about it. Um, I think that, I think that as you went along in your, your career, that again, your efficiency was, all based on eliminating 
luck. Like you were one of the first guys that like we're we're talking about the controllable variables, and we're like, what in WTF is this guy talking about? You know what I mean? But you were on like you were on everything, man. You were like sharp hooks, right line, right, right. Controllable variables. It still amazes me to this day. Um, you know, top pros out there that don't, I, I just, that just miss a lot of the little things like that. I just, uh, you're exactly, you, Pat, you're, you're a big time student of the sport. Has anybody ever told you that? They have like, actually. Yes. So Ronnie Moore, he ain't got anything on you. I mean, you don't, <laughs> it's all about the little things. Ronnie's a the young English that I've ever been around, their awareness and perception skills are next level level i mean that's the difference i saw that in larry nixon from a very very you know early early in our friendship i saw that in him i saw that in denny brower i mean the rick Lund, the same way i mean he didn't miss he didn't miss the the little things at all and you know their their perception skills were just amazing and, and it's um, it's really interesting to me how many people that are in this sport that are really good at it are also that they hunt a lot because I think <laughs> if you're a, a good hunter, you, that those are the things you, you look for those little cues in nature and those little differences of, you know, subtle change in the wind or uh, being aware that, hey, man, the sun just went behind the clouds or the wind shifted directions or, you know, that there's a, a seagull diving halfway across the lake and there's a, you know, blue heron in the back of a cove and not on a point. And, you know, just little things that give you clues to, 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 you know, to tune you into what the bass are doing, because, you know, until we had live sonar, all we're doing out there is making a lot of educated guesses and, and trying to put together a pattern, you know, following the seasonal pattern, looking at the water clarity and the cover and the time of the year and temperature, putting all you know as many different variables as you can to figure out that puzzle of something that in most cases you can't see you can't see them with your eyes you don't see them with your sonar you know i mean you're just you're basically throwing darts and you know the the more darts you throw in the dark the closer you, <laughs> you get to that side yeah you know yeah that's yeah. that's the intrigue for me that's what i've always loved about competitive bass fishing yeah, and I and I'm I'm sick of this forward facing stuff. I mean, I I I everything is is I'm just don't like to talk about it. I don't care about it. It's if it, if pros got to use it to catch fish and that's the deal, that's that's the deal. But you kind of said something I've been thinking. And you're like you're making a bunch of casts in the dark in with the hopes of of hitting them on the head. Now, will there ever be a day in bass fishing where you have two breeds of bass fishermen that are able to simultaneously compete against each other? Like, Kevin, like almost like a Jedi's. And, you know, like the Jedi's will be the guys without the forward facing. You know what I mean? They're the ones that are controlling the variables, running down, making the zillion casts. And then there's the other guys that are the forward facers. Um, You know, they got the, uh, I, I don't know. You know, they're on autopilot. What's the what's the deal? What's will there be a day where they both can simultaneously compete against each other, Kevin? Well, you're crazy right now if you <laughs> are going to compete and think that you're not going to use forward facing sonar right. because 
it, it's not. It, what what it bothers me about it more than anything is it takes all the instinct, you know, the instinctual stuff that you that you have to learn or you know figure out uh, a way in a lot of cases you know i mean um there's guys that are really successful with it that don't do anything but troll around looking for a fish and you can get away with that in a lot of places and you know a, a lot of lakes but gosh dang you get a big drastic change you go you go to you know Bugs Island in the spring and all of a sudden, you know, the day before the tournament comes, you get a big rain and the lake jumps up three feet overnight into the bushes. See, see where you get with your forward facing sonar. (laughs) Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to help you much. And the schedule um, of the, from the, of the tours is a big fault of that, you know, of, of all this big, all the negativity for forward facing sonar it wouldn't be as much of a factor in a lot of the tournaments. I mean, smallmouth for one are definitely super susceptible to it because they're so curious about noise and being around boats anyways that, uh, you know, they, they're just not going to hide from it, but yeah, you, you go to some of these other lakes too. I mean, if we timed it a little better, things like that, it would, it wouldn't make it, um, and I get it. It's boring for fans to watch people staring at a screen, standing around, going back and forth. And that, even if you watch it, and I and believe me, I'm a uh, I've got five graphs on my Z21 right now. I mean, <laughs> yes. I've got three on the bow and two on the console. I've got Mega 360. I've got Mega Live. Uh, I've got side imaging. I've got down imaging. I've got Lake Master mapping. Um, you know, you you I've got all the tools there. And it is, it's neat to be able to see one on Mega Live, make a cast over to it, watch them react to your bait, see that you got to twitch your jerk bait a little bit differently to maybe get them to commit fully. It's really cool to connect the dots, but gosh, after you've watched it a few times, it's, it's not that cool to watch anymore. You know, it's <laughs> not the same as going to, you know, a, a tournament in lacrosse, Wisconsin, where you're, you're buzzing a swim jig through the pads or a frog and, and you're, you know, it's just, it's just exciting to watch, you know, right. no, that kind it. of fishing where chasing a, a smallmouth around on forward facing sonar on Lake St. Clair with six pile line and fighting it for 20 minutes to get it in the boat. It's just, it's not that much. I mean, it was cool the first time, but it's just not anymore. So as a sport, uh, you know, that's something that we've got to figure out for competitive fishing and, uh, you know, what, what truly makes a pro angler a pro angler. And, you know, what we should be ha- allowing as far as having a level playing field. I mean, there's guys on the Elite Series now that have five and six live sonar transducers on their boat. That's a lot. And you know, when, you, when you're running saltwater live transducers, I mean, they're seeing fish at 200, 300 feet, you know, and that's not uh, – I, I don't know that that's, that's very fair or a level field where, you know, just technology changes the game. I mean – it, on the PGA Tour, they you you can't just use any golf ball, right? You, in Major League Baseball, they took away aluminum bats for a reason, right? Um, they make the ball a certain way, and in, in fishing, you know, you know, it, like in hunting, you can't use an airplane to hunt deer or grizzly bear or caribou or <laughs> moose or anything like that, or or, or a drone, deer. and yet. It, 
in, in fishing, that's exactly what we're doing now. So um, at some point, you know, we, we've got to, we got to figure out a happy medium. I, I love technology and all I want to do is help people be more successful. I mean, that's what I do as a pro angler, as a ambassador, as a, uh, you know, an influencer is I want to teach people. I want to help people have a better day on the water, be more successful, uh, to learn how to, you know, a new technique, how to fish a, a square bill or a, a drop shot or whatever it is to, to have a better time out on the water. But as a tournament competitor, you know, we, we've always, we've had all these rules. We talk about no information and you can't get help and no waypoints and things like that because we all want to level, you know, we want to start on, on, you know, on the same uh, level platform. And I guess in a perfect world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I guess you, you could, but so I think you'll, you're going to see some changes in the sport going forward um, on the technology front on, on what's, what's going to be, you know, or I, I hope we do anyways, because okay, it's right now it's, you know, the space race is, is getting heated. That's for sure. I, I see that. And I, and I kind of, I kind of detected an anti forward facing tone from you. Is that a correct? way to put it i i mean you you embrace technology but you didn't in your tone you didn't seem to be too happy with forward facing well i it's not that i I, man i it has changed everything that i know and learned in in 33 years of competitive fishing on i mean i always believe that bass relate to you know they may not always relate to cover but they, I always believe they related to some kind of structure or depth change. You know, I mean, they're, they, they do swim around in the open some if they're following pods of bait here and there and that. Well, there are so many bass that just randomly swim around out in, in nowhereville in lakes that we never, none of us ever knew that. And you get the, you know, you get the real time feedback to your presentation with live sonar. And that's super cool. I mean, it is, it has taught me so much. Um, I mean, in the last three or four years, I think I'm learning as much or more than I ever have in in fishing out there on the water. And technology has been a big part of that. And and the other side of it is, is where do you, you know, where do you draw the line? Uh, you know, I mean, what about, what about side imaging? What about Mega 360? What about Lake Master Mapping? You know, I mean, Lake Master Mapping to me is a weapon. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've made as much or more money off of you know, detailed mapping is anything else because I know how in my, I know how to utilize it. I mean, a lot of people don't, but, um, you know, I know, I know how to use it. You know, if I can find them in one area on a, on a certain type of structure, depth change, I can use that Lake Master mapping to find a lot of other spots for it. I mean, that tournament I won at Toledo Bend, 1000%. I won that with Lake Master mapping. I would yeah. pull up and make a cast with a 10 XD and not even look at my depth fighter, just looking at the mapping. Really? And, you know, I, I dominated that tournament with that, but um, it's not, that's not the same as, you know, seeing the fish for, for, for real, seeing how they're reacting to your bait, um, you know, with, with live sonar and the fan base is the one that's going to really dictate what is acceptable and what's not. And they, they, seem to be, you know, showing their displeasure. Yeah. And it's a weird uh, thing, man. It's a weird time in Bassin right now. It it is. It it's there's a lot of crazy things going on um 
right now, man. I mean, the the, the between forward-facing sonar, um, integrity, changing <laughs> technology, uh, it's just there's there's a lot of it. It's 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 definitely strange. So I mean, it's a it's a great time for me to be making the transition to being a television personality. I can tell you that. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Making transitions, chameleizing, chameleonizing. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, Kevin, it's, uh, it is, it's, it's a, it's a weird time. It's a weird time in, in bass fishing. That's, that's for sure. But Hey, we just all got to remember that like your buddy, Mark Zona says, we're here because of a fish. You know what I mean? That's why we're here, dude. Like we're- we all have the same passion for that that little well green or brown dude out there you know i mean it's what got me into it when i was a kid and uh i i still man i still love it i i I do i love catching them but man i love figuring out the puzzle (laughs) me that is that is the ultimate it's still to this day it's figuring out what it takes on any given day to get them to bite you know or to, to find them and to get them to bite that once you once i start that it, it, that rush kind of, you know, it yeah, tapers down. Ain't nothing it, like it. That's the enjoyable part right there. Yeah. Wait, what was your most enjoyable year in BASS? What was your most enjoyable year? Oh man. I, all of them, you know, <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can't really isolate one over, over another. I just, you know, the thing about it for me is I just, for, for so many years, I just got so just basically focused or just enthralled. I mean, just immersed myself in, in the, in the tournaments, you know, just trying to win angler of the year every year, right. Trying to win the, win every event. And it wasn't that way from the beginning. It took me a little while to get in that mode to build my confidence to where I felt like Man, if I'm not going out and trying to win every single time, truly doing what I need to do, taking the risks, taking the chances to try to put yourself in position to win, um, you know, I'm I'm doing myself a disservice. So, so you, for for a long time, I got so caught up into the competition that you don't kind of sit back and you don't really appreciate or enjoy the the ride along the way, and um, that's something that I learned later in my career to do is you you never know when it's going to be your last win. Right. Okay. So when you get that opportunity to truly uh, cherish that moment and, and enjoy the experience and, and just reflect a little bit on it, because it's so hard. It's so hard to win. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have um, been in the sport for a long time that have had very few opportunities to even be in contention to win a tournament or only won a handful of them. And, you know, I've been fortunate to win a lot of them and (laughs) win a lot of titles along the way. And so that's the one big thing is, you know, I, I I look back at it now and I mean, it it means a lot. I mean, you look behind me, those, that's something my wife put together there. Those are uh, a bunch, all different magazine covers and a lot of them are, are different wins and things like that. So, uh, I, I go through and I mean, my, I got, a, she's really good about that too. I've got a lot of trophies, trophy case and stuff like that. And, um, I, I really don't have room for all of the, I mean, 
back in the day, you used to get a trophy for every top 50 finish in the invitationals, you know, wow. so boxes and boxes <laughs> of, of those, whatever, 34th place and 18th place Yikes. and you know, different things like that. So, but when you look through them and that I can go through and look at every single one of those. And, um, you know, we did that a few years ago. I, I, I had to move a bunch of stuff and I looked at a bunch of these old trophies and a lot of old photos and things like that. And it just brings back so many great memories. And, you know, I can't remember somebody's name 10 minutes later, but man, I can remember the tournament, the, <laughs> the dang stump that I caught one off of with, awesome. with the lure that it was, the color, everything. I mean, like I have a photographic memory for, for some of these tournaments and, that's what gets you in trouble as a competitor. After you do that so many times in the same body of water, it's like, dang, I know I'm going to go over here. There's a, there's these three little stumps off this point that I've caught those big ones on before. And you, you know, you, it's, it's easy to, to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And, and you know, all that, that you described there, it actually kind of sounds exhausting. Like a win is exhausting, isn't it? for a tournament angler by the time i mean everybody we've ever interviewed it seems by the time they've finally won they're exhausted yeah you do you put it all out there no no doubt it is um it's like a marathon runner that's the one thing um you know i've fished i've been fortunate to get to know a lot of people in in professional sports um in other venues and what we do is it's it's not a you know it's not as tough as an NFL player you know but it's it's tough in its own way because especially you go and you know fish back-to-back events you know where you're you know three days of practice four days of competition drive 12 hours to the next one and do it all over again the, the following week and it's it's a grind and so when you fish with these guys and they go man I don't know how you go at that pace from dark to dark like like we do and it's like man it's just it's what we train to do. So, um, you know, I've done it for 33 years, you know, at a high level. And I just wanted to, people ask me why you, why you retire. And it's not because I, um, don't feel I'm competitive or I've lost my edge or I'm hurt or anything like that. It's just like the biggest reason for me is I've watched a lot of people, um, in, in all sports, you know, stay too long. And, you know, I didn't hmm. want to have my time picked for me. I wanted to be able to pick my time. And okay. uh, for me, the, what I'm going to be doing going forward, do, you know, doing a lot of filming and television show and, and all of that, that's, I get that same thrill of competition out of that. That's I told you, I love figuring it out. Well, yeah. Yeah. that's what you got to do. You know, <laughs> when you've got a crew out there on the water with you and they're on your dime, the clock's ticking. Right. Oh, yeah. And you make it happen. Um, it's up to you. You know, I think that's, you know, Zona's a great friend of mine. And I, you know, that's his, that's why Zona doesn't miss tournament fishing because that is, that's his tournament, you know, doing his television show. Oh, yeah. That's his uh, baby. That's his doing his own live. You want to talk about pressure? Zona Live is, I mean, when you, when you got a, a small window to, to perform and you're doing a, a Zona Live, You've got to gang catch them, otherwise you're you're gonna lose viewers. You right? better go to I mean, Manderchuk. Yeah, that's that's why you. I mean, that's one of the greatest <laughs> episode. That's the all time episode I ever. think that he's ever done. You know, you guys are beasts. That was it was ridiculous. It just moved everything lined up perfect, you know, and we we got lucky, but it's um, kismet. <laughs> yeah, we. 
<laughs> hey, what's the most important bite of your career, Kevin? The most important bite you have ever oh, had. In, yeah, the most important strike of your career. Um, it probably there's lots of them, right? <laughs> there's got to be a real important one. Um, the, the the fifth fish on the final day of my first uh, Bassmaster Classic win in uh, New Orleans. You know, I was making a really long run, flipping those wellheads with a, a straight king black and blue jig for the most part. And I mean, it's hard to get bites then. That place was, I think, the virus had hit it or something. Mm-hmm. Is why it was so tough. But um, I, I I knew I needed a limit at least to have a chance to win. And boy, late in the day with with really only about 30 minutes before I had to make that long, really long run back, uh, you know, to New Orleans from Bayou Black, I, I caught that fifth. And it wasn't a big one, man. It was maybe a pound and a quarter, but it was, a you know, a keeper. And it gave me my fifth one. And I didn't end up getting any more bites, you know. And I, I I made that run in, and the whole, I've never won the classic, mind you, right? Yep, yeah. And that that's a long drive, you know, an hour and a half, whatever run, one direction, thinking the whole way, man, am I going to let my family down again? Is it, wow. you know, I'm leading going into that day, and you know, is it I didn't catch them real good? Is it like just the wonder, not knowing, right there? So, and it was pretty dang close, you know. I <laughs> uh, ended up finishing. Second to Scott Rook. Rook there. Yeah, Scott Rook. Yep. And uh, and David Walker was, you know, he was right there, you know, behind me. And thought they thought he, you know, he was gonna. Uh, they thought he had enough to beat me, and and I ended up just barely overtaking Scott to win the classic right there. And I mean, who knows? You don't win that first classic, maybe you don't win the next one. Right. Yeah, you know, just so it, that was a key. That was but the bite. I can think like to lots of them. Yeah, that was a good. That was an important one. No, no doubt about it. Hey, when you were a little boy, did you used to read Bassmaster. I, I sure did. Like I, I, I sure used to just wait for that thing. I being it being a Yankee like you, you know what I mean? Oh my God, no. So I, um, I read every one cover to cover. So before that, even, um. You know, my big thing was being able to watch the very first few fishing shows. I mean, we just didn't. Yes. You know, we we had like four channels, right? So <laughs> the only fishing show that even aired on our television anywhere was Virgil Ward's championship fishing. Oh, yeah. Virgil's show. Heck, yeah. I can't you know, wait. I mean, that was the first show that I ever watched. But, yeah, no, I, once I got into it, I mean, we didn't have DVRs or anything. You know, I mean, you'd look forward to that Sunday uh, block, you know, on TNN with oh, yeah. Bassmasters and Hank Parker and Bill Dance and Roland Martin and Jimmy Houston. Dude, and I had the six-hour you know. VHSs, the six-hour VHS ta- tapes, Kevin. I yeah, got well, we didn't, we didn't, you know, do that. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, no, I've been a huge Bassmaster fan. Bassmaster Magazine is a – you know, that's what all we had. We didn't have, you know, you, you couldn't pull up your, your phone like this and watch a YouTube video on no. how to throw a drop shot. But all we had was, was really was Bassmaster magazine. I mean, th- there was other magazines. Bassin. There was Bassin. Had, remember? B-A-S-S-I-N. That was a good Yeah, one. but that was, that was much later. Yeah. Um, oh, was it? You okay. know, in fishing was out there, but they would have one article on bass fishing. And then we it'd be walleye. In the in the other things, and I'm not knocking them because they had great content too. But 
Bassmaster was that's the Bible, right? 100%. That's what you you grew up with, and the television show, uh, you know, really was the same thing, you know, at, 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 in that time frame. But um, it's interesting now for me to look at it, and it's just the the way that people consume media, and, and now <laughs> is like the magazine is a shadow of its former self, and it, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit, you yeah. know, that you don't see that super detailed, in depth content like you. Like he used to there. I mean, I lost you, myself you, in those magazines, like in the winter, like I would be like with Harry and Charlie in swamp gas yeah. corners. If oh, you know what yeah. I mean, Harry and Charlie was, you know, one of the greatest deals. And, um, it, and I mean, my memories of the Bassmasters TV show were, are so good too, but Ben, you go back and look at those old episodes. They weren't that good. You didn't see many fish <laughs> catches and you know, the, the film, the, the film crew wasn't very good. I mean, I was part of some of those early ones. So, I mean, it, 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 at the time, it was the, exceptionally the best out there. But, you know, compared to the coverage they do these days now, oh, I mean, crazy. It, now you watch everything live, right? You see it real time. You can see exactly how um, whatever pro is there, as how he's turning his real handle and what he's seeing on his depth finder. I mean, the coverage is is unbelievable now compared to what the original show was, but it's insane. Uh, it, you know, in my mind, it, it was everything. <laughs> Me too. Hey, when you were, when you were a little guy, who did you use to pretend to be when you were out there fishing? Like you're on the water. Who was K, a young KVD pretending to be what bass pro? I, I, I never really, um, really picked one per se, but you know, I, I definitely modeled myself growing up. I mean, I, I watched all those guys on TV. I mean, uh, as a high school freshman, I wrote a term paper in English class off of Roland Martin's best, 101 yes. best catching. Secrets That's my, book, one of know? my favorite books ever, dude. Yeah. And, and I mean, I got an A plus on it because course, and I was not a good English it. student at all. So, yeah. so I mean, the I sculpin minnow chapter is amazing, and so is the bullhead minnow for spawning bass uh, chapter. Oh yeah, chapter. I mean, yeah, Roland was way <laughs> ahead of his time, um, you know for sure in, in a lot of ways. And I did. I mean, I looked up to those guys, and I, I can tell you the first time at DNR, in the very beginning when we brought in um, pros, and this was just before I was going to start my BASS career, you know, just starting to fish those tournaments. We had Larry Nixon come oh, wow. at the store. You were and loving it, dude. I was so nervous and put him on such a pedestal. I, I was too <laughs> afraid to go up and say hi to him. I couldn't even talk to him. And my, my old, my team partner at the time, Don Stevens, he's like, Hey, and so he, he just made me go and introduced me to him. And he said, Hey, this, this kid right here, he's coming. In, he's coming out there, and he's he's gonna he's gonna beat your ass out there on the circuit. Wow! And I, I, I was so freaking embarrassed, I couldn't <laughs> even stand it. And to this day, Larry Larry thinks that it was me saying it, but it was actually Don at the time. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Uh, it it really, uh, uh, man. I I was I couldn't shake his hand. I. I, I couldn't even be around them. And it's funny. So it's funny to me now when I see kids that act shy when they, when they come up to meet you or whatever. And it's, it's neat that I've, you know, been able to have an impact on the sport and, and on people. Um, it's, it's humbling. It's flattering. And because those guys did to me, I mean, 
without without fail with all of them. I mean, it was uh, Tommy Martin was the same way to me. Larry Nixon, Danny Brower, you know. And you're a Clark, blue coat Cole now. You're a blue coat but, right with them. You're a blue coat. Yeah, but but the thing about it, the thing about it is for me is in in life, a lot of times you don't want to meet your heroes because they're going to disappoint you. But in in fishing, my heroes didn't disappoint me at all. Good. I mean, without fail, those guys were Good super nice to me. They treated me, you know, uh, with great respect. And you know, it wasn't that way for me. And I I had a really tough experience with my dad at a Tigers game when I was a kid. I mean, I told you I was big into baseball. Yeah. Um, he took me, just me. We've got, I've got two brothers and two sisters and he took me um, to a day to, to Tiger stadium for a doubleheader, watch two games. And be, after the first game, the Tigers won the first game. Um, and I don't remember, I think they were playing the Indians, the Cleveland Indians. And after the first game, there was a couple players out on the field, out near the outfield, kind of warming up, getting ready for the second game. And um, my dad had bought me a ball, you know, it was super cool. I got a hat and everything. And uh, we just, it was just us there. There's nobody else around. And he tried to get them to come over and sign my ball. And they, and they, they did, they said, no, nah, we can't do it. Don't have time. And oh, man, wow. it just broke my heart that I couldn't get, um, get that ball signed. And I just have always remembered that. So it's, it's meant a lot to me over the years that people uh, are fans of mine and that they appreciate what I do. And so, you know, I've always tried to stay after weigh-ins and things to sign everybody's autograph and notice uh, that about you know, you. Yeah. O- over the years of, you know, have I made everybody happy? I'm sure not, but boy, I, I sure have really tried hard to, to, to do a good job for the sport and and for my fan base there because it I know how it feels. Wow, and I, and I, and and I, I I like how I don't know if I should say how I like how you said it, but you said I had a tough experience as a kid, and 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 that is it. Especially for, imagine going up to your one of your heroes and they're like, "Get away, kid! You bother me." You know what I mean? Like that's a tough one, dude. Well, I get it. People are you know it, it's a it's challenging. I, I know a lot of. I've met a lot of famous people and a lot of celebrities and I've been around a lot of people. And that's why the, you know, the guys that, that I see that, that do it right. And, and pretty much, you know, a lot of them, they are self-made people, you know, that came up the hard way. And, um, you know, whether it's a, a professional athlete or a race car driver or, um, a, you know, country music, like Luke Bryan is a, a great friend of mine, passionate yeah. bass fisherman, and man, I've, I've seen a lot of the things that he's done for people that he don't have to, he, he doesn't, he didn't, he didn't have to do that. He doesn't, um, you know, have to go above and beyond, but I've just seen how he is. I've, I've seen the same thing with Tony Stewart. Tony's a guy I've known in NASCAR for a really long time. And, and same thing, you know, I mean, um, Dale Jr. You know, I mean, I've seen him do things too. I mean, and they get pulled a million ways. And there's a lot of times where they can't make everybody happy. Right. But, um, there's a lot of times they, they do. And I just, it, you, it, it shows when you're around people in a, in a, you know, real world setting, um, how they act around their fans. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's very admirable when you see events 
and see or see professionals at events that take the extra time. I can Ellie does it too. We talked about that with yeah. Him. No, I I can tell you there's and he'll tell you the same thing. There's been many a time after a weigh in where him and I are the last two guys standing there at the fence signing autographs. I've seen it, and um, that's one of the that was one of the big things. I'm on the board of the Hall of Fame, and that was one of the big things that you know it's not just your fishing career, but it's what you do outside of fishing, and you know, um, you know what he's done with his foundation, and for you know, youth fishing initiatives, getting kids involved in it, and and that. I mean, that's a it. He he doesn't just talk the talk. I mean, I've seen him walk the walk plenty of times. So uh, we've had many a many a late evening <laughs> after weigh in, standing around there uh, together taking care of fans. Well, let me give you an example of one I witnessed: Kokomo, Indiana. Okay, you guys were at a Bass University. You were sick as could be, and you I, you were battling some kind of bug. You know, you were and and you guys still stayed. Till, till the end of it, signing autographs. But then one of the coolest things I ever saw in my life is you had a personal beer caddy, you know, it was, it, yeah. It, yeah, it was, it was Mike Reed from Bass U military guy. You remember Mikey? Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mikey was your, beer we have, we have so many, um, original Bass university stories from the Gary white days. I mean, it's crazy, <laughs> crazy travel trips and that, I mean, those were some hectic schedules. So I mean, the, those are the days we really worked. I, I remember, um, you know, my first year in after I'd won Angler of the Year in 1992, I did a, a sports show, uh, you know, seminar trip deal. And it was some it was a mix of Bass Universities and some other appearances and sports shows like that. I did like uh 31 days in 29 cities or something like that. Yikes. Crazy. I mean, I'd wake up in a motel room and not even know where the heck I was at. <laughs> like a rock day. star, dude. Like Robert Plant. Yeah, I mean, it was, but without all the money and the girls. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of girls, who was KVD's original crush back in the day? You know, you're, you're back, back in high school. Like, who was your babe? Like, your celebrity babe? You, you know, I... Um, I had a couple of girlfriends, but, you know, my wife, Sherry, we we met, I was in college and she was a senior in high school and I, we dated for five years before we got married. And she, I mean, this is before I was fishing professionally or anything at all. And, you know, you, you got to, my hat's off to her. She's pretty, pretty damn special to see what she was getting into and, and still go through with it, you know. Um, yeah, and that's been cool. a huge part of my success and uh, and my story for sure. She she works behind the scenes. You know, she's always in the shadow. She doesn't like to be in front of the camera. She don't want to be in the limelight. She doesn't like to take credit for anything. But um, she's always been there uh, to protect. You know, my my brand and my image, my likeness you know, manage, if she's my business manager, she's the, you know, the mother of my children. Um, she, she's done it all. And it's interesting because Becky Iaconelli is kind of the same thing for, you know, for Ike, yeah. you know, it, he brought a lot of balance to his life. And not that, I mean, our, my life's pretty damn hectic or our lives are, I should say, but, uh, and I'm, I'm sure Mike would say the same thing, but, uh, gosh, it's, it's, he did. He did actually, and he also said um, Farrah Fawcett. 
was his original. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. So it's very. I think similar. everybody, everybody <laughs> had a crush on Farrah Fawcett. Hey, do you have bass fishing dreams? Like, do you have dreams about bass fishing still? Uh, all the time. You do. Hey, listen, I can't tell you how many times I woke myself up because I set the hook in in, in a tree. <laughs> Throw you don't hurt Sherry, do you? Accidentally, you're like freaking jacking one on a flip bite with an eight foot flip. Yeah, one thousand percent. I, I, I <laughs> at tournaments, man. I, yeah, it's it's super. Yeah, I, I live it. I can't tell you how many times I, you know, you go there and you're you're winding down after the day and you're just you're kind of thinking through your strategy and what you did wrong that day and what you want to do the next day and what you saw and, and that and you fall finally fall asleep because you're tired anyways and you only got you know three or four hours to be up till you got to get up and do it over again and shoot you before your alarm goes off you're you're waking up setting the hook on one you know yeah it's a it's a never-ending process kevin and that's why we love it that's why we love it hey now get this i i know we're we're crunching here and you and you uh I'm sure you're doing something tomorrow. You're either doing some Michigan fishing or hunting or something tomorrow. I'm sure. Yeah, actually, we're um, I've we've got one thing that's pretty important to me. So you know, we have our own foundation too. It's something my wife started a handful yes. of years ago, and we do a lot of different kids fishing uh, initiatives from you know providing the equipment stuff for kids camps and kids fishing programs to to college scholarships. But we also have done a lot with our children's hospital. You know, my boys were born super premature, mm-hmm. uh, you know, while I was on tour. Right. Yes. I mean, they, they were born while I was fishing professionally and um, they were big time preemies. So I did. I've always done a lot with the March of Dimes and uh, even St. Jude's. You know, I've, I've done some fundraisers and things for them. But our local children's hospital here in, in Kalamazoo, Bronson, is uh, they've got a great team there um, they do some amazing work and we we've done quite a few different projects and things with them helping them through our foundation and so i actually have a meeting with them tomorrow that's uh oh cool uh, something that i'm kind of kind of pretty looking forward to so nice. good opportunities in the future for me in this next phase of my career to even you know for us to be able to focus more on the work of our foundation as well awesome kevin and keep us posted on that we'd like to share with the bass galaxy anything you got going on with that foundation yeah we you know we try to do it all you know last couple years um you know around our championship events at red crest we've we've sponsored uh different kids fishing uh initiatives we've done some habitat projects we've done some lake cleanups we've also done uh, some stocking programs and the that that's the ones that the stocking programs are what people get revved up about you know i mean uh when you start seeing the difference it's making adding these florida strain fish to some of these fisheries in the south uh what it what it can turn into i wish we could grow those floridas up here and maybe maybe someday you we will be able to but oh, could you imagine uh, the, those those kind of things i love bringing awareness to those projects and that and uh that's something that I can do. You know, I mean, I have that platform and the voice to, to be able to let people know what's going on in an area and some of these other issues, you know, I mean, not just positive things, but also when there's something that comes up that, um, you know, needs addressing like, you know, uh, the situation going on in Okeechobee down there, you know, with the fight over the water control and, you know, fishing being such a low priority, of that and and it's so important to not just 
the bass in Okeechobee, but the Everglades themselves and, and the coastal fisheries too, you know, so um, bringing awareness, all that kind of stuff is really critical to me as well. I've, it, I've learned, you know, for all these years, that's all I want to do is fish, 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 catch, catch, you know, go do and, and that. But I've also learned how important conservation is and uh, awareness and, you know, being a, being a voice for, some of these other organizations and, and things like that that do good work and that are raising funds to to make a positive impact on the future so that my kids kids are going to see and, and you know too you've fished a long time pat these are the good old days right now of bass fishing okay. i mean it's never been better i mean our fish our smallmouth in the great lakes oh boy it, you know i mean remember when the zebra mussels got in there it was going to be the end of the world and yeah. then gobies the same thing yeah. well Flourish. these asian carp are, are not a positive thing so i mean there's a lot we have a lot of challenges but overall bass fishing in general from texas to california to you know to washington dc to upstate new york and michigan it, it it's some of the best it's really ever been and it's you know, it's, it's for multiple reasons, but a whole lot of it is people just like me and you, it's the anglers themselves taking the initiative, um, you know, working, working with the, uh, agencies and, and the money that we spend, you know, and the wallet bro, uh, taxes that goes back to conservation and goes back, uh, to the resource. You we know? need so, more of that. We, I mean, we really do to, 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 for the preservation of this. Sport. Yeah, there, it, there is. I mean, it's, it's been really eye opening. I, I work real close, obviously with Bass Pro Shops, as you know, and Johnny Morris is, uh, you know, he's the modern day Teddy Roosevelt. He, <laughs> he is <done laughs> okay. so much for concert. It's true. It, I mean, it really is. You're very right about that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a lot of different things, right. That he's involved in, but as a, as a company, you know, he's, he's put his money where his mouth is and, and support a lot of these great organizations and, and really worked close at the, at the highest level in Washington to make sure that the interests of hunters and anglers are, are first and foremost. Uh, I just, a couple of weeks ago, I, w- I went and um, was actually, they asked me to, help produce a, a promotional piece for the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, which that's exactly what they do is they work in Washington with, you know, both parties and legislatures to make sure that we're protecting the access to our woods and, you know, our public lands, public waters, um, a lot of these different um, things that come up again, just with water quality issues or where they're going to, you know, maybe start a mine or they're going to shut down a lake or whatever it is that all, you know, it all starts the funding or the foundation or it all, and a lot of it happens in Washington. So you have to have a, a powerful voice there. And to do that, it takes, you know, it takes a Guys lot of Guys like you and Johnny Morris too, <laughs> powerful yeah. voices to get it going. Yeah. I mean, plain and simple. That's, I mean, here's the thing with all that being said, here's Kevin Van Dam um, retired from tournament angling. Okay, Uh, still making contributions to the sport. But may I say this, and I might sound selfish and I don't mean to be disrespectful at all, Kevin, but I took a a survey in the Bass Galaxy and we do not want you to retire from competitive angling. We don't want (laughs) we want you 
to keep bassing, and we want you to come back and win another Bassmaster Classic trophy under Ray oh. Scott's format. And it, it sounds good, but uh, I I don't think you're going to see that happen. I mean, I'm I'm really content with uh, with this next phase of what I'm going to do, and and actually, I'm pretty dang motivated to. Uh, to do a lot of the things that we've just been talking about. So, I mean, it's uh, great stuff, but come on. I mean, look at Ricky Clun. He's still, he's still doing it. Uh, Clun's, Clun, I mean, come on, man. Kevin, you yeah. got to want to still compete in tournaments. Where's the drive? You gotta, uh, it's still there. See, it's still there. You can't tell me it's not. Oh, no, no, you don't. It doesn't go away. How do you Dude. stifle it then? How are you possibly going to stifle that when all these other guys are doing derbs around you and, and bringing in five biggins? You're going to be like, what in the heck is going on? I, I got to get out there. Well, the, the, the good part for me is I don't have to go 100% cold turkey. So, because I qualified for, I've got a couple of championship events next year. So, I got the Red Crest uh, to fish in the spring to, and to prepare for. And I also got the heavy hitters team event, you know, to, the to, team, yeah, yeah. to go to. So I'm not going to just walk away, but I, I'm, I, I really, I love, I love being uh, an educator and I've been doing it, you know, quite a bit of that already through my tournament career, but to be able to do it full time, it's, you know, it, it's, it's pretty exciting and it does, it, it really fulfills that that drive in, in me to, to be able to go out there and be successful in that. And, you know, that's, that's going to have to fill that competitive void. Not so, bit, but man, I know, mean, come on now here, now hear me out. I'm just, we're pleading to you before we go. All right. I, All right. So, I, so I hear you. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me so, out. Now, a lot now, of guys, a lot of guys come back. I, you know, I, I just tell you how I feel right at the moment, right now. A year live later, in the you, moment. I got you. You're an opportunist. Right? I I get it. But here, now, I love Rick Clun. You do you love Rick Clun? How do you not? I've known I, him for forever. I mean, he's one of my he's one of my heroes for sure. I believe he challenged you inadvertently. Do you, he said something to me, and he also said something on another uh, bass fishing talk show about you. Do you know what he said? Uh, I probably don't, or I mean, I didn't hear it. Okay. Well, and again, no disrespect. And I believe that this was issued as a challenge to you because he knows you are a competitor. And he said, Kevin, when you left BASS and went to MLF, that you wrote the last chapter of your bass fishing career. And I believe that he said that as a challenge. For you to come back and win another Bassmaster Classic trophy, what, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Well, it, I, I guess it's possible to, to, you know, for him to think that. But you know, I mean, only only I can can write my book, right, or write my last chapter. And uh, you know, tournaments have been a big part of it, and bass has been a definitely a, a big part of my career. But uh, so is, you know, so is MLF. And I think what I'm, you know, about to embark on is 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 going to be very viable uh, in the big scheme of the <laughs> of the of the book of KBD. Nice. So, so you're writing the last chapter and and hey, who, and like can just so I can 
dream about it? Can you at least say you might fish another Bassmaster? Hey, you, you never, ever say never, right? No, never, never. Think how happy Ray Scott would be if you won another Bassmaster Classic. Yeah, well... You you never know. I'll I'll see him again someday. I'm sure <laughs> we all will. we all will. And and hopefully I'll have a, a a cool fringy vest and a nice belt buckle too when I meet him. The yeah the the to the hat too. So <laughs> it's funny because uh, Mercer bought one of his his hats, autographed hat, original race got hat, and he couldn't bring it back on the plane because the box was too big for him to carry. Oh wow. So I carried that thing around and kept it for more than a year before I finally got it to him. Every time I look at that hat, you know, I mean, Ray was a great friend. Um, unbelievable. You know, the original dang circus ringmaster, right? Dude. Um, He's the guy. He's the guy. Ton of, ton of great memories. He's the reason we're all here. And, and again, sure. one of the coolest things, again, was those Zona shows where it was you, Zona, I think Skeet, and Swindle, all at Ray Scott's Pond. Come on, The Flemish Cup. Yes, the Flemish Cup. Outstanding. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Kevin, Um, you're not, and, and my Kevin Van Dam will never retire. My Kevin Van Dam is like, you know Ricky Bobby's little baby Jesus? You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah, my, there you my, go. my Kevin Van Dam is out there winding. And making lots of casts and winning another Bassmaster Classic. Just saying. Just saying. There you go. <laughs> Keep living the dream, right? Kevin, thank you so much for being awesome, dude. Like all these years, dude. Just being a, a, an amazing contributor to what we love. I don't know how else to put it. I've I've had a blast and uh, I'm going to keep having fun. I mean, to me, that's what it's all about is uh, if, if you're not having fun, why bother? Yeah, exactly. And Kevin, I had a lot of fun tonight, too. I hope you did, too. Tonight was the most relaxed you and I have ever been together. It goes like that, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It's like and, the problem. It's empty. <laughs> there it is. Cheers to you, KVD. And I will see you on this road to happy destiny out there somewhere. Oh, wait. J before we go, we're giving away a KVD line and lure uh, extravaganza box full of fun. From Isaac over at uh, at KVD Line and Lure. So, Ginge, you want to text Kevin the um the winner? You got your phone by you, right, Kev? Okay, yeah. you got the winner. Gingy uh, texted it to you. What do you want? A drum roll? You want? Uh, here we go. Let's uh, see if I can even pronounce it. Mike Etzel, you the lucky winner of KVD Line and Lure. It's incredible, man. Mike Etzel, cast farther. You know, no tangles. That's the deal, man. KVD. Got to have it. Line and lure. There it is. Mike Getzel, you won. All you got to do is uh, direct message the uh, Straight Cast book uh, face page, Facebook, Rock and Shoal Fantasy, and Isaac from Line and Lure will get you out the, uh, the KVD pack. Kevin, thank you so much. Uh, again, amazing <laughs> night. I had a great time, and uh, I'll see you soon, bud. Best of luck. Well, let's just not wait as long until we do this deal again, you know, so. I'm down anytime, man. And let's uh let's go bassing together. I'm a good time, Kevin. You might not be able to handle me. Well, the the dumb part is is we ain't that far apart either. That's the crazy part. I hear like you. You're close. And and I have a full uh extensive Metallica collection that we could delve into. Uh yeah. So that is I went Father's Day to Soldier Field. Sorry. Gosh, it's like four years ago or whatever, or right before COVID. Yep. With my boys. 
Epic concert, dude. I Epic. remember seeing it on your social. You were so happy. You looked like a little kid. Oh my god. You look like a little kid, Kevin. The the only the one the one song that they missed was to me one of my favorite uh Metallica songs is their Bob Seeger rendition of Oh on the you know again. yeah. Turn the page. They didn't play that one, but they played everything else that I love. It was incredible. <laughs> Whenever I hear of Wolf and Man, I think of Kevin Van Dam. I hunt, therefore I am. You yeah. are <laughs> Kevin Van Dam. There it is. Thanks, bud. Peace. Uh, say All hi right, to man. the family. Appreciate we will. See you. you. Peace out, boys. See you soon. Bass yep. Galaxy, that is the uh, non-retired Kevin Van Dam. He's coming back to win a Bassmaster Classic. You heard it here first on Straight Cast. Ginge, did you have fun tonight? Heck yeah, me too. We got one more deal to give away. And I want to tell everybody we're off next week, but we come back November 8th with the Linder family special. What do you think about that? All the Linders together in one spot here on Straight Cats. Now we got a tin cup mountain whiskey extravaganza pack, courtesy, of course, of uh, Luke Foley and tin cup mountain whiskey. Gingy, do I got it? Oh, I dropped my phone. Okay, the winner is... Scotty Burns. I made up the Scotty part. It's really Scott Burns. Scott Burns. You, I was confused. I thought that was. I thought you were like doing play on word things, Andy, when you first sent that. But it's not really Scott Burns. You won the tin cup Mountain Whiskey uh, Extravaganza Pack. Just direct message. Uh, Rock and Show Fantasy on the Straight Cast Bookface page, and you're there. Boom. Bass Galaxy, I had a blast tonight. I don't know. It just does. It goes fast. Days on the water and days with stray casts. They go fast. Omnia Fishing. 25% off. All flat sides right now. Till the end of the month. Omniafishing.com. Power pull. We power pull down for pleasure. I don't know about you. Crestliner Boats, that's how we stay afloat. Abu Garcia and Berkeley. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you for all that you do for the us and the Bass Fishing Galaxy. Ichikawa. Poison. Tip Tops. Tin Cup Mountain Whiskey. Thanks for your giveaway tonight. KVD Line and Lure Spray. Thanks for giving it up. Hey. White River. Shark. 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 All right. I'm all out of gas. Sims, thank you. Calsag Bass, Dan Brevarney, Impulse Lithium, Bob's Jack Plates, and of course, the folks at Alpha Angler. Uh, I'm Pat Rimwick, and I bid you peace. A peace I bid you. See you November 8th with the legendary Linder family. We're out of here. This has been an Andrew Ellenberger Ginger Ninja production. Peace, Bass Galaxy. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to StrayCast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!